Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another episode of Since I Talk. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. I know we're along with you, hurry because of yours truly, and I'm really sorry. But before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know that this is a safe space for you. This is always going to be a safe space, regardless of everything that is going on right now. And you are loved. Someone out there needs to listen to this today. You are loved. And we love you, okay? We care about you. Even if someone has told you today they don't care about you, we do. And we love you, and you are safe here. So if we are in January, that means that we are one month and... A little um, over a month away. A, a little over a month away from the premiere of CSI Vegas Season 3. We haven't gotten... I mean, it may probably will probably get something in the coming weeks. Probably some some official photo or or some cast photo or maybe like a, a snippet or something. We're gonna start getting those. Well, probably without my lawyer because I'm thinking that they are keeping Josh behind closed doors for the public to keep the mystery alive as to what happened to Josh Solson. I mean, what happens to him? Like, nobody knows. Is he in jail? Is he not? As a Josh apologist, I don't think he is. And as a Josh apologist, I must say, I don't think he did it. But uh, I know Bree thinks he did it. No, let's follow the evidence. I am following the evidence. The evidence says that I love him. But also, you always gotta so, like, you're the one studying this. What does it say about following events? You must follow your. But, like, he is, I, I think that he's a CSI and he wouldn't leave any trace behind. I know he had a short time period, but I don't think he would leave any trace behind between he, he finding out what happened, what happened to his mom and then the team finding him. There was a short time. For him to do something. So, and by the time the team found that place, there was no specks of blood, nothing, no nothing. So he cleaned it, right? Maybe Trey cleaned it. He don't know. And where is Trey, by the way? Where is him? I haven't seen any, anything that the actor that the actor that played Trey did or anything. I hadn't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. But we do find, yeah. But I do know that uh, Ransom shared the trailer. So Mandy, can somebody tell? Please tell Mandy. First, we love her and Allie. And second, can we get a picture of her and Matt? And also, you and also Mandy, you have a wonderful singing voice. Yeah, she's actually coming with a single this January. She, we don't know what, what, 
with dates, but she did say on her Instagram that she's gonna come with a single. And this just makes me want her to sing on her own official CSI episode. Like, I don't know, she has to go on the cover on her dates or something and she has to sing or CSI the musical. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. So today we're gonna keep going on our CSI New York. Okay, but next week, next week we're gonna tackle the relationship between uh, Ray Langston and May Haskell because you cannot talk about one without the other, and they're both introduced on the very same episode. Um, I have a lot of things to say about that, about the best the relationship, and I still think that portrayal of May Haskell is one of the best portrayals of. A criminal that I've seen lately, and I have been rewatching Sherlock by BBC and other oh, such a treat. The ad breaks the way Moriarty is portrayed, anyway. But I think that Nate Haskell is one of the best portrayals of a psychopath that I've seen lately. So, yeah. So, today, do an episode that is the introduction of one of Bree's favorite characters in CSI New York. Yep. It's episode one of season seven. I'm just going to read the official synopsis and Brie is going to leave from here. The official synopsis is former FBI agent Joe Denville is so welcome to the CSI team by stumbling upon the body of a young woman who was murdered somewhere in the building that houses the, the NYPD crime lab. Oh, okay. So... The episode actually opens up not at the crime lab. It opens up in the house of Danny and Lindsay Messner. We see Lindsay grabbing a gun because she hears Danny yelling at somebody and the little girl crying. This person is Shane Casey, who we saw in seasons 3, 9, what, 3, 8, and 9. He's a serial killer who, since the beginning, was obsessed with Danny. So he's like Nate Haskell this way. And he, he is really creepy. Mm. His whole entire story arc is really good, but really creepy. Like you have to be on, a, on another level of low life to go into the house of someone you are stalking and then threatening yeah. their kid. Yeah. Also, the end of the last season, we thought Shane was dead because, well, he went over the edge of a lighthouse. But he was not. Only in CSI. Yeah, only in CSI can somebody jump up a lighthouse and not get it. Sarah, one week she had a cast on her or three weeks later she didn't. I mean, movie magic maybe, but I mean, how did he survive that fall? We don't know. So... Lindsay goes with a gun to her daughter's bedroom. Ends up shooting Shane Casey. Gets a, and at the award ceremony is when Joe appears to the crime lab to find an empty. Except for a bloody handprint. Dun 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 dun. That has all the makings of a ceremony. Yeah. She walks around and finds the body of a dead girl. As everybody, come, as everybody comes back to lab afterward, 
after Lindsay's award ceremony. She's like, I'm Joe Danzo. This is a dead body. Like, oh, what an introduction. Yes. Hey, guys, I just showed up in your lab, and here's a dead body. I'm replacing one of you guys' good friends. So through this investigation, they find out that the Vic was seeing somebody. Who she was not supposed to see. Happens all the time. All the time. Because as somebody who's right around her, right around 20s, she was having things like Gucci, Prada, and she was an intern. We find out this lab actually has better security than Vegas lab. Because you find out everything Joe has to do to get up to the lab. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the security of Vegas lab, I mean, they don't have the budget. I mean, at the end of the day, they probably have to pick between buy a new machine for the lab or pay for more security. And they end up going with the machine. Like, you can just go to the Vegas lab and be like, oh, can I come in? And they'd be like, can you give me 50 bucks? I can buzz you in. That's literally what happens. I can guarantee you. But they missed with the Catherine. You know she would have had money. If they needed more money, they could have just asked and she would have helped with security. Look, look at everything that happened when she was working there. How many bodies were stolen? Oh, do you guys remember that whole thing that happened when Eric came back and that body was stolen and... There was Catholic culture on the lab. Well, I mean, New York has a lot more budget than Las Vegas lab, that's for sure. And throughout this whole episode, Lindsay, because of having to shoot somebody that ends up killing them right in front of her toddler, she is not wanting to go out into the field anymore. Understandable. And we find out that Joe used to work for the FBI. Because she's read everybody's FBI files. That's how she finds out Adam's parents' names. Because Adam tries to flirt with her a little bit. And she says, we don't want you. She basically says, do you want your parents to know you're a player? And then he lets slip. He has two girlfriends. Okay, Adam. I've forgotten that he did, actually. Yeah. Uh, And... Well, we find out that Lindsay is seeing a therapist because of everything that happened, which is good. Honestly, everybody in CSI needs a therapist. Everyone in that, in the three labs, actually. I mean, in Las Vegas, Miami, and New York, everyone needs a good therapist. Very good. Oh, they found out that the Vic was pregnant, actually, because Adam goes through the Vic's phone number and the victim's phone records and they find out that she was having a relationship with a married man when he's brought in for questioning he says that he wanted to get serious with her until he found out that she was pregnant and the baby couldn't be his because he had a vasectomy he had a vasectomy two years prior if i'm not mistaken and He's like, yeah, I did not kill her, please. I did not kill her, and Mac believes him. Okay. So now they're actually pretty pissed. Lindsay also receives a package from Stella, not Natalie. That's the actress's name, sorry. From Stella, containing a frame cut. Bravery means to be the only one who knows 
you're afraid. It upsets Lindsay, who runs to the roof and is consoled by Mac, who tells her she's starting to come to terms with the shooting. But then Danny finds her medal that she received outside his office. I call it her psychiatrist's office. And after Adam goes through text messages, they find another suspect. Mac thinks the suspect's story makes sense, and then they go to after another suspect named Teddy. And with the help of Adam Hawks using two dummies, the three men prove, based on the location of the blood drops bladder, that the cuff off Teddy's short, that was the aggressor and Sarah's killer. Mac and Flack trace Teddy off the roof of the Chrysler building, but are forced to shoot Teddy when he draws a gun on them. I mean, usually, that's not how it ends. Usually, they arrest the culprit. Yes. And that... Yeah, this is the episode that Joe gets introduced as a former FBI agent. We talked to her about her before on when we covered the 9-11 episode. Overall, I think she was a great addition to the show. I don't know if it was like Stella. I mean, I liked Stella really, really. Like, I really liked Stella. She was one of my favorites. But I think Stella's arc ended beautifully with her... I think her last case was about this Greek relics or Greek coins or something like that. Yeah, and Danny has knowledge, some knowledge about sort of Greek stuff. No, her last case was actually when Casey got out of prison, got out of, snuck out of prison. Mm, the one where Hawks gets stuck in prison too, right? Yes. And Hawks is actually helped by the guy who killed his sister. That was a great episode. Yeah, because I just watched these episodes last night. So, okay, 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 that's it. I think it's in the season that makes stars just think about leaving the lab to go in and try and do something. Because I mean, after a while, this whole this whole work. Well, like in the first two cases, Sharon Casey, he's dating somebody who works in the lab. And he makes a big boo-boo, calling on the name of Claire. Oh, oh, is, what's it any like that, that, that woman that works in the, the morgue? Yes. Oh, I like her. Oh, I remember why I didn't like him for a few episodes, because of one thing that he does to her. He, so if you want to have a relationship in secret, treat, treat like Gorsman and Sarah. Don't treat her like men. Yeah, don't you were like Mac did, okay? I mean, okay, look, I, as I said, I like on oh, last week's episode, I know it's hard to try and, and live your life after seeing your love is gone. And then I understand where Mac is coming from. And then, like, he starts dating. That wasn't so Yeah, okay. But, like, if you're gonna keep your relationship in secret from your co-workers you don't violently grab your girlfriend's hand out of your face or something like that i don't remember exactly what he does but he like kind of grabs her hand violently and she's really upset with him and she's way too understanding about everything oh i guess 
I mean, I guess she understood the pain that he was feeling. The case that he was working on was getting him frustrated about certain things. Well, that is not an excuse for him to treat her like that. You don't treat your loved one like that. He would never, he would have never done, he would have never do this with his wife. Or the woman that he ends up proposing to in the end. Yeah. Who really looks like his, his wife, by the way. He has a type. Yeah, I know, but that that one for the war it looks nothing like his wife, and it didn't work out, did it? No, it it, it didn't. But uh, the way he he treated her, I mean, I guess it was a, a contribution contributing factor for her to end things. I think she was the one that ended things. I mean, look, he's okay. I, I think there's going to be an episode which we're going to have to break down the whole character of Mac Taylor, like his whole story from the episode that we got introduced him, that we are introduced to him to, you know, there's a the storyline of, of CSN York and like there's even like this episode that he goes to Vegas to surprise his girlfriend and then he finds out that his girlfriend got kidnapped and she's back in New York and then DB goes back to New York with him. I mean, it's a great crossover episode. Like, there's like two crossover episodes. But it's just, I, I think it's, you cannot judge him by a single action. I mean, it it says me who has been judging him since that one single action. But okay, that's not funny. I did not, I don't know why I left. Uh, it does seem like he actually needed therapy to deal with his wife's death. And by the time that he was dating that woman for the morgue, he wasn't completely over the death of his wife. And then added that to the fact that he was not able to solve this crime that had happened because the evidence wasn't the evidence wasn't evidencing the evidence wasn't uh, piling up the way that they were supposed to and they had nothing and then he went ahead and treated her with a violence and she's way too understanding about the way they treated her but I mean if her partner behaves like that I mean that's a major red flag granted I think the things in the coming years by the time he proposes to the woman he did, he actually ends up with, he is already healed. Healed as best as he can be. Yeah, but then it can be. But by season three, he is absolutely not. That's all I know. How many years? Been like two years at that point. Five. Five years. Okay, it has been five years. And he was still not, he was probably not ready to get into a relationship. And he probably knew that by the time that he decided to get into that relationship. Well, as somebody from the States, and I'm not even from the New York area. I'm from across the country. In 2006, the impact of 9-11 was still felt. Even to I'm just saying is that he wasn't there emotionally. He wasn't ready for a relationship. 
but he's still trying and force himself to be in a relationship with her because he was probably physically attracted to her, even though she was, she was not his side. I mean, it makes sense. He would try to make this work with her because she is different from what he would usually go for. And like, oh, who knows? Let's see if it, if it works. And it didn't. It, it got blown, flown fantastically. He just, like, he treated her badly and she understood it perfectly and slapped it under the rug every time he snapped out of her. And that was, that would probably be major red flags. If it was me, I probably would not have taken all of this crap and just, well, anyways, I think it would be a major red flag. And I think that woman ends up leaving the show and they try to make it work for a while, but they, she ends up leaving New York and they try to make it work because she's originally from London and they couldn't make it work in the end. And I think it was probably for the best. She does show up in in future episodes and they are still friends. But I don't know how she could still be friends with, with him. After the way he treated her. Okay, this is not a Mac Taylor's Landler episode. This is not a Mac Taylor's Landler episode. This is not a Mac Taylor's Landler episode, okay? If it seems like that for, for you, we're just pointing out some actions that he did with the specific characters that we don't like. Even though those actions might be justified to some and to, I mean, let's me, they would not have been justified. Yeah. Oh, just some reminder for those of you who live in South America, the channel exams is going to start broadcasting CSI Vegas season two, January 11th. So. It's safe for that. Yep. At the end of the day, we love Joe. Yes. So. Yeah. And Joe's already cracking jokes with people like Danny. No. One of the boys. I love her. And she has an adopted daughter, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really nice. So, and then that's his son. Right. And he has the kids. She has kids, yes. Well, thank you so, so much for listening to us last said, year. Throughout the last year, actually. Yeah. Sorry for all the gaps we did this past year. We've just both been going through that. Yeah, we've been going through a lot this year, but hopefully this year is going to be, 2024 is going to be a lot better. And we are going to, we have a lot of more content ready for you. And we're going to be covering a lot more CSN York episodes, okay? And And if I ever find CSN, we would probably do that too. Well, and next week, we're going to be covering... The relationship between Ray Langston and Nate Haskell. So stay tuned for that. We love you guys so, so much. Bye. Stay safe. Drink a Love y'all. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.